Welcome back to Creators in Saigon. We are at Waves Studio in District 4. So if you're wanting to record your own podcast or video, come check it out. I'm sure you've seen our pictures on Instagram of us at the studio. It is an awesome studio. All our guests are always so impressed and we just sound so great. So... (laughs) It's awesome. Um, On this show, Creators in Saigon, we talk with creative entrepreneurs, both expats and locals. So it's really fun to hear both perspectives. And today we get a really special treat because we kind of get two perspectives in one, like a two for one deal. (laughs) Because (laughs) we have our guest, Sophie, who is a French lady from Vietnamese parents. So she was born and raised in the suburbs of Paris. And now, of course, she's here in Saigon. And there is a term for Vietnamese who were raised abroad, but come back to Saigon to visit or to live here called Viet Q, which is what our focus will be today, as well as getting to know Sophie and her journey a bit better. So hi, Sophie, welcome. Hi, Dana. Thank you for this amazing introduction. Yes, so excited to have you here. And of course, Lam is here too. Hi, Lam. Hi, Lam. Hi. <laughs> Excuse my voice today. I've been having a bit Ooh, sore a little, throat. a little like sexy raspy going on. I know. Mm, so sexy. <laughs> Hi, Sophie. Hi, girls. Well, we've been uh, kind of friends before this yes. podcast. So, yeah. It feels really great, you know, to have a friend here. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm looking forward to hear whatever that we want to say. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, So we'll get into how Sophie ended up here in Vietnam, as well as what life was like growing up for her between these two cultures and what it's like now for her being here, as well as some projects she has. So she has an awesome new talk show on YouTube called The Tam Tam Show. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes. Um, so if you like this podcast, you'll definitely like that channel. And we'll talk a bit about what it is. And then I also want to talk a little bit about leading women, if you don't mind. Yeah, Because I know sure. you're involved in that, mm. too. All right. So we'll just jump right into it. So... You grew up in France. Yes. Are there many other Vietnamese in France? Yeah, there, there is a lot of Vietnamese in France mm-hmm. because of the war. <laughs> so ah. many, many Vietnamese like flew up, immigrated in France as my family. Mm-hmm. So they came uh, in France like in the in the 80s and I was born in France. Mm. And that's so funny because my grandparents, they live under the French colony. Mm. And so their first language wa- was French. Whoa. But they were living in Vietnam. What? Is that crazy? So they were, so they were, it's not surprising because yeah. my grandpa, he was also speaking French back in his oh. time and he was teaching French. So yeah. they were like children at this time? Yeah, they were like children, teenagers, but they grew up in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. But they had to speak in French yeah. because oh. French <laughs> were here in uh-huh. Vietnam, uh-huh. right? Yeah. But then when my grandparents had their kids, my mother and my aunts and uncles, they had to speak Vietnamese because... Your grandparents? My, my, my parents. Okay. The, their first language became like Vietnamese. Mm. 
because of the communism that yeah. came to Vietnam. Yeah, same with my mom. Right. Like my grandpa okay. was speaking French, but mm-hmm. then my mom, she was speaking wow, Vietnamese. Wow, so we have the same story. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's logical. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but they are just now in French. That In mm-hmm. French, that's it. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. So my two parents, they met in France, actually, but they didn't even meet in Vietnam. Mm. And oh, so so yeah. they they were not married before. No, they they came to France. No, at wow. all. They, they met in France okay. and they did their life in France, uh-huh. but they didn't meet before. And yeah, my father had kind of a more miserable story about that. He was a boat people, mm. so oh, okay. he had boats. Boat. Okay. So you know, so he had to cross and everything by boat. Mm-hmm. Oh. But my mother, like she was kind of lucky because my grandfather was working for the French army, so they could take a plane to immigrate to France. Mm. Yeah, so that kind of two stories, and then my parents met in France, mm-hmm. and they got me. Mm. Okay. So my mother had to like start over all again. She was like the best in school in Vietnam, but then she lost everything in France because she couldn't speak the language. Ah. So she had to start over everything to learn French and to make to have a diploma in accounting or something, you know, to like just build her life. And And how old was she at this point? Twenty ish, like twenty seven or something like that. Wow. Yeah. So like twenty five even. Yeah. So just like starting over. It's crazy, oh right? Like when yeah. you when you see that you're like, Oh, I'm so lucky to yeah. not have to start again to go in another country <laughs> and speak I don't know <laughs> what language and mm-hmm. you know. So that's really courageous. And so my mother is okay with French. She can speak French quite well, but my father not too much. Mm. Still struggling. Like he has a really strong Vietnamese accent when he speaks French. My mother too, but less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was born and rose in France and bathed in a Vietnamese culture. Mm. And so my first real language was Vietnamese. Even I was in France, and I learned French at school actually. Because okay. I went to school in France, right? right? And I was so impregnated in this Vietnamese culture, and I was uh, like singing Vietnamese song, eating <laughs> daily like Vietnamese food, and like watching Paris by Night. Oh, <laughs> I love that this show! show like, oh my it's God. like all, it was my childhood. Yeah, it, it's like all the Vietnamese American singers. It's so good. Making a show and singing like songs and like it's so nice, you know, with all Vietnamese, you know, yeah, and watching that. And I was also watching a girl. I was fan of this girl, Sung Mai. Oh, now she's in America. Yes, she grew up a lot. Now she has a husband. She's American. She's so like you know grown up, grown up. But like she was so small, she started maybe at three, four, singing like Vietnamese song. You know, Mm. like I was not even like in the French thing. I was such in the Vietnamese culture when I Ah. was like a child really mm-hmm. and I was just facing this French culture in at school and when I was back home it was like totally Vietnamese yeah you know were there any other Vietnamese kids at your school not I was no? yeah I was the only Vietnamese always in the class hmm. so that was a kind of you know it's when you go outside that you that people make you feel different because right. you don't know that you are different mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when you are in your family. It's when you encounter people and when you go outside, you go to school, then you know that you realize that <laughs> there's something else, right. right? And had to face some, also sometimes discrimination also. Uh, I remember in class, uh, we were 
learning how to count in French, like one, two, three, four, five. And when it came to number eight, it's huit in French. But I said it, I repeated it like with a Vietnamese accent, mm. like what <laughs> <laughs> or something, and everyone laughed at me. Oh. And I remember this thing, you know, it's so small, but maybe I'm super sensitive, I don't know, but I'm still remembering it, and it was so hard for me. It you is. Know? Yeah, yeah, like because were, it, yeah. Like, it might seem small now because yeah. you're an adult, yeah. and like something like that wouldn't affect you as much as an adult now, but mm. when you're a child, that's like, that's your life. Yeah, yeah. Like, and yeah. I was You don't what? know like any difference. I was six, yeah. seven. Mm-hmm. And you don't understand why they laugh, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. we are all learning, right? Mm-hmm. And you know things like that, and you realize that oh, maybe you have something different or else, you know. And of course, you are the only Asian, and so like, it's so foreign to them, right? Mm-hmm. Because they don't know much, and we cannot blame the others because if they don't know, it's because they don't, they have not been educated for that, also, and right. all young also. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so was where you grew up still very multicultural or mm. was it like mostly white and then you were like the one Asian person or something? <laughs> yeah, I was the only one. Let me see. Primary school, I was with a lot of, let's say, white people. Mm-hmm. Then uh, after that, I was like in a school, but like more in a poor area, let's say mm-hmm. that way. And there were a lot of like black people, Arabic people and as okay. uh, like sensible area. And um, still, I was the only Asian, I think, you know, like, or maybe three max in the school, you know, but, you know, and again, I remember I was like for three years in a class with the same people because we were the class uh, that had had the most high level in English. You know, uh, sometimes you have some level in class and they just uh, split them like this. And there was a guy he was always like saying some racist things. Mm-hmm. Even I didn't realize it was that, you know, but like, oh, like treating me like as a Chinese girl, kind mm-hmm. of, you know, the cliche that you have, yeah. always saying like bad things. Like, I don't even remember, but it was a bit shocking to hear that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, you're Chinese <laughs> or else. like something like that, like so racist actually. Mm-hmm. And I never like say something back until the day he just say something again and I just turned back and I was like fucking sure up. <laughs> yes. Like and once and, and how old that were day, you at this time? I don't know 14, 15 okay. mm-hmm. you know and everyone in the class was so shocked mm-hmm. they all turned like they saw me because I was always I forgot to say that I was always super shy reserved and I never dared to raise my hand in the class to say something I was super like <laughs> always in the back or like super shy but like having kind of good grade it's okay you know and yeah so he was saying that and I would <laughs> just shut up and from that day he stopped he stopped and everyone was like wow amazing finally you know like things like that and I remember I celebrated my 15th birthday and I uh, throw up a party <laughs> and I, I invited everyone except him and he was like then <laughs> licking me, coming to me when he was un- like meeting me at some point. Like, oh, I remember once he came, he was like, oh, Sophia, you're beautiful. I knew it. I was going to say, I was what like, I bet he has a crush on you. <laughs> I'm like, 
Not, not just to because he he felt so humiliated, mm-hmm. you know. Because yeah. I invited literally everyone, even not people from other classes, like not in my <laughs> class, you know, but just not him. Mm-hmm. And I make sure that he he could see it anyway. <laughs> so good job, yeah. way to go. Yeah, like giving invites and everything. Yeah, like, really, like, yeah. Not just like saying. You know, like yes. giving invites, printing. Yeah, we used to do that. Of course, hey. and you know, old school things. Cool. Yeah, just not the Facebook event. It didn't yeah. exist. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, he yeah. got hurt. <laughs> yeah. Such a, yeah. Anyway. And so, yeah, so that was my story. When I was like a teenager, I was so... I didn't have any confidence. I didn't know who I was because also I had a very strict education. Mm. I couldn't go out. I couldn't do anything. It's like I was in, <laughs> literally in Vietnam. Or when I got, was that know? the education like or really your strict. parents? Yeah, it's like, w- my parents. Okay. Like I, because like my mother was also super serious when she was back in Vietnam and S and she wanted, I guess, to protect me. And I couldn't do anything, like even just to like go out in the afternoon in the mall or just hanging out in the park with girlfriends. It was like, like it was so hard for me to do that. Like uh, my girlfriend had to call my mother to ask for the permission. Mm. And even that, I had to come back at a certain time. And if I was late, like one minute after, like I got in trouble, like big trouble. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? That reminds me. Is that... Why, like, when I gave that speech at Leading Women and after that you approached me and then you said, oh, wow, your story just resonated with yeah, mine so much. Yeah, right? totally. So my mom is just exactly the same. Yes, of just course. typical Asian Yeah, typical family. Asian. Typical so, Asian. Mm-hmm. So what are they afraid of? Mm. I kind of uh, want to, like, unpack that yeah, a little bit. I, I think they have a big uh, cliche of, like, French people or just say white people like I don't know my mother was a bit maybe paranoid on on certain things not paranoid but like she was sometimes like reading books on people taking drugs or it's like you know the worst thing that that can happen to your child she knew everything about that (laughs) but I'm like why should I why would I do that I'm not doing anything I'm just like in my room looking in my room because I was so sad of the situation and kind of I think depressed, not depressed, but like, you know, like not in the ba- not in a good place at all. I couldn't explore myself. I couldn't like have fun. I mean, just like, it was like a reward for me, like to be able to go one afternoon in a month, kind <sighs> of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and all Were of- you an only child or do you No, have I have a little sister, mm-hmm. but like eight, eight years difference. <gasps> oh so my it's God, like- Oh exactly the same like me. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's amazing. We can. S- <laughs> I have a little sister, eight years different. Yeah. So, yeah, for eight years, I was the only child. I was yes. so spoiled in some way, you know. But then, you know, like, you learn a lot also mm-hmm. from that. And are they more relaxed with the younger child? So, yeah, of course. More. That's just like standard. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like so much why? more. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm the oldest too, but my sister's only three years younger. You but talked yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah you told she me. was like the wild one and yeah. no one cared. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, right? Yeah. No, now my sister's so relaxed. She can go out. She has now a boyfriend, even. She's just. <laughs> 
18, 19. Yeah, same with my 18, sister. She 19. just like, she's in New Zealand right yeah. now. And just for Ted, she actually like took her boyfriend back home and lived here for a month mm-hmm. with my mom. Mm. It's just like, yeah. what? <laughs> you used to like not even let me go out with my girlfriend. Yeah, right. Even like for, for one hour. Even yeah. not, not letting me talk to them on the phone. What? No. That's crazy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's oh giving goosebumps. I remember all the sensations. It's, like, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm like, Ugh. yeah, it's traumatizing. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> yeah, I had such a different experience. <laughs> really, my parents were so relaxed with me with and you. like my. I mean, I don't know. Like, I would definitely get in trouble, but I. I would leave the house for like two days and not and come back, not, and not update them yeah. at all, like where I am or anything. Yeah. And I, I would just like walk to the You're house. So they're, lucky. Like, they're like, oh, hey, where were you? Uh, <laughs> or I'd whoa. get a text from my mom after like two days of me not being around. She's like, are you coming home soon? <laughs> wow. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I can never like, I could never imagine. Like, Mm-mm-mm. even for one second, my mom would be like that. It's just. Yeah, it's crazy. I cannot. Yeah, but you guys kind of grew up in cities, I guess. Right? Yeah, is that? Cities. I wonder if that plays into it because I grew up in a really small town mm-hmm. where like nothing bad ever happened. Mm-hmm. Mm. I guess the biggest thing was worried about drinking and driving because kids mm. would always be like going to parties, get drunk, get in a car, drive home, crash. So that was like the big thing. Mm. But other than that, I get like there were drugs and stuff, but yeah, I don't know. It wasn't like. I was in a big city and a lot of crime was happening. There weren't like there were not crimes. No. Yeah, for my case, I yeah I live in a like sensitive area, mm-hmm. so yeah, kind of crimes and like so it's a bit sensitive. But when I was like before high school, I was in a school that was kind of sensitive. But then the high school was the opposite. Many like more white people and it was like more rich. Mm. So I had to like, I I saw the two faces, and I have like friends from different places. Then so I'm happy for that because I know like the poor side and the rich side also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, oh my god, again, mm-hmm. so similar with my situation. Again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's really two in one. Like, It's really. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> Me too. So happy. Like, uh, but uh, the timeline is a bit different. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, primary school, mm-hmm. secondary school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to public school. You know where like, a, a lot of like poor kids mm-hmm. they, they mm-hmm. went there, and mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends mm-hmm. there. Uh, and then high school, I went to international school here. Mm. So like you know, like yeah. rich, super rich yeah. kids, yeah. and it's just like completely like two different worlds. And even the 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 way the teachers behave mm. are also different. So yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. And were there any kind of realizations or something that you learned through that experience of being kind of seeing both sides? Yeah, I maybe that's why I tend to be tolerant like I'm super open-minded so maybe it's thanks to that also because I know all the different faces Mm -hmm. and I would not have like 
uh, cliche on that or that because I kind mm-hmm. of know and you cannot just judge people. Right. And yeah, I think that brought me a lot of tolera- tolerance. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, mm. you kind of realize like, oh, people are people mm. and the I think the media can influence us so mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. of like certain stereotypes of certain people. Mm. And you don't know what you don't know, mm-hmm. and then until you actually meet someone mm-hmm. and realize, like, oh, it's just they're just like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, did your parents talk much about Vietnam while you were growing up? It kind of sounds like you know a lot about their story. Uh, which yeah, I mean, they were talking a bit, but I think I I wasn't ready to hear a lot hmm. because I can I can feel a lot of pain, a lot of you know, like repressed feelings mm-hmm. and so I'm not an expert on their story but I just know the main the big picture mm-hmm. and I sometimes when I'm interested I'm gonna ask questions but I feel that even me it's sometimes hard to ask questions because it was so terrible yeah like I know that my mother she lost uh, in a click her house her car, like her family, my grandmother has a family of four children. They had to sell the house, their car, their fields and everything, you know? Like, mm-hmm. So that's a bit sensitive mm-hmm. for me to ask about that still. Yeah. But sure. now I think I'm, I'm okay, but now I'm far away. So, uh, you know, but mm-hmm. I know that. I know it's really hard to talk about that sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've heard from some Vietnamese who were raised abroad and then decide to come back that mm. their parents are like not happy or shocked that they want to go back because yeah, they're like totally. what like I you know went through all this hell to mm. get us here mm. and now you just want to go back so was that similar for yeah, you? yeah yeah totally so I then after high school I went into a business school uh, and I graduated and during that time it was three years uh, I did an internship in Hanoi Vietnam for six months. That was my, my very first time in Vietnam. I mean, I went to Vietnam when I was six, but that doesn't count because mm-hmm. I was a child. So my father, he almost cried because I was going to Vietnam. Mm. Like he didn't want to let me go. And my mother was so panicked. But I needed to do something. I wanted to find, to discover my roots. I wanted also, it was a way for me to escape from this prison mm-hmm. that I was in. Yeah. I couldn't do anything in France because of my strict education and I needed to explore and I had a thirst for adventures also. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but I forced and I went anyway and it was everything but that. Mm. It was such a good experience. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> All my nightmares, all my crying for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like even I arrived at the airport, they were talking to me nicely, even I had an accent on all airs. I never been laughed at. Mm-hmm. Contrary to friends where I'm laughed at when I have an accent on airs. You know, like mm. I wasn't and I was welcomed. Of course, we can hear that I'm a foreigner, but it was okay. I didn't have any trouble with being a VQ or S, you know? And so I didn't, I couldn't understand, but yeah, of course, uh, many years passed by. So everything evolved, everything changed. So I was like so happy with that 
uh, experience. And when I came back, I was like, it's not what you said or what you were <laughs> afraid of. Like everything changed and us, but they were still in that mindset. Yeah. It's still the same. You cannot s- tell everything that you want. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's true. But like, uh, I think it's also safe, more safe to live as a foreign, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, so I was good. I was, you know, but yeah, it was hard for me to have this feeling of satisfaction, whereas my parents didn't have this feeling at all. Mm-hmm. And they were still in this mindset like, no, don't settle there, don't go back. Uh, friends, you have insurance, you have, you know, all the security. And they couldn't understand why I was so attracted by Vietnam, which is a poor country. Why would I go in a poor country? Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, why don't you go, like my grandmother, why don't you go to Singapore? <laughs> or city oh. or somewhere else that is rich? And I'm like, this is so close-minded for me to I mean, no, mm-hmm. you know, like it's such a developing country and you can do anything in Saigon. It's growing, growing, growing in five years, unless it would be like Thailand. I mean, you know, and I think they know that, but they are still very grounded because of the... They're, they're stuck in the, the political situation. And then yeah, and they're still like, no, yeah, you know. But I'm very glad and happy because they first visited me last summer for oh. the first time after oh, like 20 years. Like wow. their first time coming back was 1998. And then they came back 2019, like <laughs> 10 years after, right? <laughs> so it's crazy. Wow. Yeah, to visit me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm so, so happy that they were came. They, were they kind of reluctant to come? Like. Did they want to? Or yeah, they, they want, want to because to? of me. Uh-huh. Because like it's been like two years and a half. I didn't come back. I just came back once for an urgency. That's it. But like, it was for me, not for the country. So okay. yeah, that's only for me. Yeah. <laughs> and how did they feel? Did they finally yeah. believe you? I think it's not even believing me or not. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I was maybe expecting my mother to be more happier. I don't know. But she was like, yeah, we went to a photo place. And she was like, this is the same that, uh, than like years ago when I was in Vietnam, I was like, really? Like, you know, the, mm, what is the street? Pasta street. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So you have a pho, uh, a super well known pho yeah. place over there. Mm-hmm. And she used to go uh, with uh, my aunt or her sister when they were like teenagers and else over there. And she was like, oh, this is the same. Mm-hmm. So this is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so beautiful that it's stay the same, you know. Uh, I mean, that's really nice. And I mean, that's it. But I didn't feel that she was like well surprised or else. Like it was just like, okay, but I knew that. I know that it's evolving, but still, because of the whole political situation, that wouldn't change, you know, like, so she knows that she won't go back here and that friends f- to them is a better f- place and is, is a better safe place mm-hmm. yeah they, they just i think understand me more or they see that maybe i'm happy here and so they cannot do anything <laughs> to bring me back but yeah yeah <laughs> and so growing up you 
you of course had that like your in between cultures kind of mm. thing and you always felt like the other mm. did you have a sense of belonging when you came here like did you have a sense of oh I finally fit in somewhere or was it still different because it is again like still different cultures even yeah though. I yeah I felt like my first time in Vietnam in Hanoi when I was doing my internship I felt so great because I had like a bunch of girlfriends we were like a, ben, uh, a group of 10 girls like but Vietnamese I was the only like foreign and so I was so happy to be able to speak, to write in, in Vietnamese. And actually I took Vietnamese class in French, mm-hmm. in France. So I could, I can speak, uh, write and everything actually. I just, uh, I'm just not able to speak like professionally, but daily conversational is okay. And so I felt super integrated and happy about that. But here in Saigon, I know that whenever I I walk down the street or else, uh, everyone know that I'm a foreigner. Really? Like, yeah. See, so it's like I don't have a place. How do like, they know? Because they first they think I'm Philippine. Ah. I'm from the Philippines. Maybe because I'm tanned. Yeah. And because Vietnamese, they, they are white, mm, whiter than not me. Not me. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like they don't say that I'm Vietnamese. They know that I'm not. Yeah. that I come from abroad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so either they think I'm from the Philippines or th- I'm whitewashed, like one white parent and one yeah, Asian parent, yeah. mm-hmm. or like they just know because of my looks, Yes, like how I dress. Mm-hmm. Or and how, your skin too. Yeah, my skin and how I behave also. Yes. I think I have a lot of French, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, non-verbal. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. But a lot of people <laughs> say that, like, uh, we can see that you're French. I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so it's like in France, I don't feel at home, Hmm. but here I don't feel also at home because I'm not seen as a real Vietnamese. So it's like I'm, (laughs) you know, it's this identity crisis that you have also. Mm -hmm. Where do I come from? Where do I belong? So it's a bit weird to have this feeling. It's not like a big deal, right, because I'm okay. But like, so yeah, I feel like I don't belong to French in the way that I don't really um, like French mentality because I think that they are too close-minded and I have no shame to say that because most of the French people who are abroad are saying the same and that's why we are just (laughs) escaping France. And here, my Vietnamese sometimes is not good enough. So sometimes when I want to speak in, I speak Vietnamese to the vendor and they will respond me in English. You know that kind really? of oh. like yeah. um, discriminating thing? You yeah. know, like mm. you hear me, you know I'm speaking Vietnamese. Okay, I might have an accent, but you understood me. But because of my looks and because you see that I'm not a pure Vietnamese, like according to you yeah. so you're gonna respond to me in English but I was speaking Vietnamese and I know my accent is good I mean you know I'm not, it's yeah. okay I don't think they, they like mm. they were discriminating you mm. they actually want to show off the English you think yes like they're eager you know mm. to, to see like foreign customers coming in and if someone at mm. that place knows some English they will like try to show it off oh maybe for some case can be but when then i speak in vietnamese and then they respond me in english mm-hmm. and then i continue to speak 
independence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then they continue like to speak in English. So yeah. we like talking two different language to yeah. like just buy a thing. Next time just <laughs> say know, like, just just compliment them. Wow, you speak English so well and they were like, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> That's what mm-hmm. they want. So it feels so weird. I don't know how to feel about this. So I'm questioning like I'm just in your country so it sounds normal that I speak your language and person Vietnamese it's not like you know I'm yeah. from another country I'm yeah, like yeah. trying to show my Vietnamese right. no at all like yeah, you know yeah. it's just natural for me yeah so sometimes yeah. I feel like a bit rejected let's let's say mm-hmm. that's the feeling mm-hmm. you know like yeah I'm surprised mm-hmm. that, to hear mm-hmm. that that happens to you too because mm-hmm. I've tried and then yeah they just speak english so then but so then i yeah. feel embarrassed because i'm like mm-hmm. you speak I've, vietnamese okay sometimes you try right like <laughs> I've or tried. Or something. yeah i've yeah. tried and then <laughs> and now i don't anymore because it's i feel embarrassed because mm, then they just I like see. they laugh and then they just respond in english mm. and i'm like okay fuck me like <laughs> yeah but so for people who haven't maybe heard this term Viet Q mm. can you explain yeah what it means so basically it's overseas Vietnamese mm-hmm. so to me you have two definitions uh, the first is the Vietnamese who are who were born abroad or the Vietnamese who have lived a ma- majority part of their life abroad like when they left at 10 and they just grow up abroad and then they came back after like 30 years but then they have a really foreign accent then you know so yeah. it's the same for me just yeah so that's my definition okay. and a lot of it queue a lot of Vietnamese are coming back now to the country because you have so much uh, opportunities here to build a business and you have you can bring so much con- concept from like U- the US or western countries because you can do everything yeah. as it's a developing country it's growing yeah it's, it's growing more so it's much. way more fun than going to Singapore where right. everything is already done you and know? you have mm. so much rules over there you cannot even like have a, a gum yes <laughs> like, yeah you know? like, it's so I don't know I, I, I could not I think mm-hmm. but uh, here you feel really free I don't know. It's the lifestyle here. It's so good. It's cheap. I mean, that one of the main reason. Lots of Western people are here, also not to deny uh, it. Yeah, like having a bag. You don't have that in Western countries, you know. Mm-hmm. Having a bag, feeling free, and everything is open even even on Sunday until late. <laughs> like it. Yeah. It's like paradise. Like I mean, you uh-huh. know, like uh-huh. yeah. you feel so free here. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why there are many, many uh, uh, Vietnamese people coming back here because in Western country you feel like some people are maybe more bitter because of this economical situations. Uh, you know, so you feel really more at ease here in Vietnam. You feel mm-hmm. freer. You feel that you have more opportunities here also because they are not mature so you can do a lot of things <laughs> yeah. you know but like good things yeah mm. and okay so there's this very literal definition of mm. what it means from what I've understood there's kind of like a negative connotation mm-hmm. to that word is it like offensive to call someone you? yeah no no I, like I don't yeah, know. Someone, I, yeah. someone told me that it's kind of like offensive or derogatory in some way, or that it has some kind of negative. Yes, like you're seen in like I a guess bad that way. Depends or that depends on who who are using it yes. and with what agenda. Okay. Because actually, I know a lot of people when they use that word, is it, it means that they re- 
really adore that person, even mm-hmm. or even admire. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, she's a Viet Kiel. Like, she knows, you know, like different languages, and she comes mm. from a developed country, and she knows she must know a lot. And she's yeah, like like that. Mm. Mm-hmm. So. I think uh, from my experience, it's true that you can have a negative connotation mm-hmm. because sometimes when you hear this word or when you just walk down the street, you s- you hear people saying, oh, it's a VQS. It's like you feel the, I don't know, a resentment. Like, oh, she, she came back. But why? Because she left the country. You know, th- th- I know that it can be positive, as it can be also negative. Mm-hmm. You feel this. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I don't like to pronounce this word anymore. I'm just saying it because it's the truth. Yeah. But I try to avoid this word and just to say, "Em la ngui, fab got big," and I wouldn't say "Em la anymore. Like I'm a VQ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I used to say that a lot, like in Hanoi OS. But then I stopped because I know that it's not the same definition for all Vietnamese, mm-hmm. and it's not from a good intention intention for all, you know. So, yeah. You know, so it, yeah, um, I, I I think it uh, it all comes down to personal experience. If that mm-mm, person like, yeah. experiences you know something mm-hmm. good with a Viet Kiel, then they come up to that conclusion of Viet Kiel is good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. Because yeah, I was wondering like, I guess I had only heard the negative yeah. side of it. So yeah. yeah, I wasn't understanding because. It's like I've known people in the States who grew up mm-hmm. abroad and mm-hmm. then they come back and that's not seen as like, oh, you went abroad and then you came back. Like, it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering why is it a bad thing? And so, yeah, it kind of sounds like maybe if there's some sort of jealousy yes. or resentment. Sort of jealousy. Yeah, like, most, of, most of those people, yeah. I'm pretty sure they have low self-esteem. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have been hurt a lot by the past Or not even like hurt by the past. They just mm. have low self-esteem and they they feel less than. You think? And so when mm. again like they have that unconscious like definition of a Viet mm-hmm. Kiel that is someone better than them, and right away they feel jealous out of fear, and not not really because they they think you're bad, but like defense mechanism. Yeah, yeah, know? they think you are better. Oh, I know because once I felt the. I felt something weird like video means that you are rich because you are you look like us but you are not living here and you grew up in a rich country and you come back so you are richer and you come here to maybe to get paid very higher than us mm-hmm. but we have the same skills or you know like mm-hmm. you have this in companies yes, yes. a lot yeah yeah so that That yeah. happens too yeah. because mm-hmm. they don't really understand. Like, mm-hmm. you were living in those developed countries, mm-hmm. so your mindset is way better than us. That's why you get paid higher for that. Mm-hmm. Like the companies, need, the companies, they're not stupid. You know, mm-hmm. they pay you higher mm-hmm. for reason. Mm-hmm. But do it, they really? Like, is that yes. true? Yes. D- um, you you're not here really just just to teach English. You teach us your mindsets. The culture. Mm. That's that's what really important. Yeah, they pay more like for expats, but when it's come for VQ, it depends. For my case, because I look Vietnamese, so sometimes they wanted to pay me as a Vietnamese. Yeah, 
even I was uh, like speaking French, English, and I couldn't be valued. Mm-hmm. So that's the tricky part mm-hmm. yeah. that I encountered a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, because I look in the mirror, so why should I pay you more? Because you're not white, basically. Yeah, the you're truth. not white. But, yeah. But, yeah. The really. white privilege. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yes. <laughs> that's really hard and unfair. But that's just life. That's life. That's life. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's life. And yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. It sounds like they feel like their life has been unfair. And maybe they think, maybe mm. they think you think you're better than them too. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's all projections. Yeah. projections. They feel intimidated. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did notice when I came to Vietnam, like I've traveled to other countries and never felt besides here, like the people there, sometimes they were treating me like I am better than them. Like, mm. like just being extra... I don't know, just like serving me in yes. some kind of way. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this is weird. Like, you're not like beneath me or something. But th- it seemed like I could tell like they mm-hmm. thought they were. Yeah. And I just had never experienced that before. Mm. I was like, this is really weird mm-hmm. and sad. That's how like white men, they got spoiled after a while. Like mm-hmm. living here. Oh right. my gosh. Yeah. 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 And so they. Well, with this topic, we can talk about hours. I think this topic is like hours. Like, really, like, it's. This topic is magic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Magic. I like that word. (laughs) Oh my God, how many? Like, I'm sorry, we need to maybe talk a bit. Yeah. But how many expat guys that are so not confident about themselves come to like Asian countries to fill them up of confidence and like okay now I'm this super nice guy who has many chicks yeah yes <laughs> but you are so ugly you look at this I mean not yeah. talking about physically but like you are so gross yeah, yeah. yeah. so and rotten inside and rotten broken yeah everything and here they are kings yeah yep and they have high level positions. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yeah. Yeah. And have you experienced at all being like hit on by those kind of guys? Oh, of course not. Because no, because no, I'm. I mean, I lived in France, so I know, right? Like, <laughs> I, I kind of know what I want to target. Okay. So I will never like target just a guy coming. But do to they Friends for target you? No, I don't. I, mean, I don't think Sophie is their target. Yeah, no, mm, yeah. because I'm not their target. They will target Vietnamese. Yes, pure Vietnamese that mm. will give everything for them. Yeah, right. Because yeah. they have this image of the white guy. So just because you're white, you're perfect. Yeah, you're white. You're perfect. You're mm. white. You have everything. You, <laughs> you're rich. You're rich. You know first more thing. than me. Yeah, you're more than me. Uh, you're more evolved. You're nicer yeah. than Vietnamese guy. Really? Yeah, you're kinder. Yeah. You're more loyal. You're <laughs> Not yeah. from what I hear <laughs> in my yeah. neighbor. Oh yeah, my right? God. Oh, this guy. is the gross I guy. I don't think yeah. I've even talked about this on this podcast yet. Right, yeah. Like, you should. You should. I've. Oh my gosh. I've talked about it on my Instagram stories. I don't think on my on the, on the Facebook Creators stories, in Saigon one, but on yeah. my personal one. Yeah. yeah, I have this neighbor. Pretty sure he's American. And like... Yeah, he would always have over these 
all different Vietnamese girls. I know mm. they're different because I can hear everything going on in there. And yeah, he w- I mean, he would treat them like absolute shit, like scum, yeah. like dirt on his shoe and just say all these horrible things, call them these horrible words. And they would just like take it and and still be like, but I love you. I love you. Like, I'm like, girl, what? What? <laughs> and then literally it got to the point, and this would be happening at like five in the morning for a whole week. And You're so yeah. patient. Oh my God. And then it finally just got to the point where I just marched over there and banged on the door and yeah. screamed at him like, you can't talk to women this way. And he was like, oh, sorry, did I have my music on too loud? I'm like, no, you, I mean, well, yes, but I'm not here because of that. I'm here because you called, you just <laughs> called this girl the C word. And, uh. and like, the C word doesn't carry the same connotation in other countries, but he's American, so that is, like, a dirty word. That's horrible. And so he just, like, did that, and I was, like, shaking with rage. I'm like, you mm. got to. And... Also just so mad, too, that these girls, I mean, I don't know their situation, but they also are adult women, and they're not, you know, just walking out of that place. And, yeah, and they they still, he, like, still has this one girl and just says horrible things, and I'm just like, oh, my God, why? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like, men, they can treat women badly because women let them to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Really, like it's in our hand, it's our power, you know, to to not accept that and to walk away. But because of the conditioning here, yeah, the education, of the education here, we don't educate women to be. Yeah, like oh, women, strong, you should be well. submissive. Yeah. Uh, you shouldn't be like angry. You should always be nice and quiet and listen to men because they just know better somehow <laughs> because they they have a dick. And so they know better. <laughs> there's another. There's another brain inside there. I mean, have you heard of that yeah, saying? Like, right? have you heard of that? Like, I was wise until I got hard. <laughs> no, <laughs> but that's good. What? That's crazy. <laughs> Isn't that's that true? Scary. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the the crazy thing too about this neighbor is he's he's not white, he's black. So I think oh. for him growing up in but America, still Western country, so. Western yeah. country. But mm. for him growing up, like he was probably the one always discriminated against mm-hmm. and like kicked down. Mm. So now it's like, like now it's revenge. his turn. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's his turn to come back and like kick, sure. kick someone else and be like, oh, yeah. now, someone weaker than now him. I'm, yeah. yeah, now I'm the powerful one. Yeah. Oh, it's so gross. Yeah, so many Western guys, they just come to take a revenge or to, like, prove something, you know, because they have been bullied. Mm-hmm. Uh, many, many things. They have been yeah. hurt by their peers. Yeah. And so they just want to come back to prove that, no, I'm strong. I can have whatever I want, mm-hmm. including chicks. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or they were left by their wife, you know, back in mm-hmm. their, their home, and then they, yep. they just want to, like, save their ego and come here and, you know, yeah, mm. be surrounded by chicks. Mm, 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 mm. Mm. That give them more power, like, kind of. Yeah. Mm. I'm the king. <laughs> yeah, I'm the king. Like, really. It's... <laughs> Creepy. 
Okay. Yeah. So all right. There are many men, books on that. Men are all the same. Mm. Doesn't matter where they come from, what color mm. they are, right? Like mm. again, I was wise until I got hard. <laughs> 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 There are there are some good ones out there. Just to be fair to any of the good ones listening. Well, yeah, there 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 are good ones. Like we have one good one here, right here, like yes. right here. You never like really hear him saying anything, but there's a guy always here. Yes. <laughs> All right. Kind of switching gears, um, <laughs> I want to talk about your YouTube channel. Yay! Hey, this one I like. Yes. So, Sick. can you tell us what is it about and what inspired you to start it? Yeah. So it's been more than two years that I'm in Vietnam, and it has been such a long, 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 tough journey. Uh, but I think it's because I needed to learn something about myself, and. Like my parents always told me, like okay, uh, to be comfortable, you need to like graduate, have a master degree or else, apply for a job, work for this company for like many years, and that's it, right? That's, get married, yeah, have get kids, married, yeah, have more kids. Right? <laughs> uh, you know, so the, this is the common path that everyone uh, is being told to do. So you think that okay, you you need to do that, right? So. Like blindly, you go to school, business schools, uh, super, super expensive. I, my mother even had to make uh, ask for a loan, but actually, <laughs> uh, it doesn't teach you anything real, you know, and tangible. And it's more like you pay for your certificate. I feel. And yeah. I think that many, many, many students will relate to that. Even some maybe will not because they are happy with the place. But like, I feel like the education is so wrong at some point mm -hmm. because I mean, in France, a failure is something you need to be ashamed of. Mm -hmm. Whereas I know in American culture, I know that you need to embrace your failure, and it's more. Uh, you are more encouraged when you fail because the more you fail, the, m the faster you will succeed. That's that's it, right? But in France, you are a lot ashamed of like a lot of things. They will ridicule you for a lot of things, and that's why I cannot be. I don't want to be associated to this French mentality. Cannot. I don't know about American culture. Would you? Yeah, I was gonna say like yeah. I think that whole concept is understood among a certain group of people. Like I think once you start stepping into this world of entrepreneurship and you start to realize that failure should be embraced, but growing up, it's definitely not the case. Like it's still, yeah, yeah mm -mm. still shameful to fail and, mm -hmm. or it's the culture, culture that you are awarded for just trying. Mm. It's, it's kind of like you're told, um, you know, life should be, happy and sunshine and rainbows mm -hmm. and like you're not gonna struggle and stuff and I don't know and then you come out into the real world and it's you're just like thrown to the wolves yeah. and you like you're saying with education like you haven't been prepared for how the world actually is like yeah. you've just been you learn how to get good grades and mm. you get good grades and then you come into the real world and that doesn't matter at all yeah 
for what? <laughs> the good grades. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't so I, bring I, you anything. I learned how to please my teachers, right. my professors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all about learning to people mm. pleasing. Mm. <laughs> It doesn't mean no good. Mm-hmm. I actually have to like deprogram that part in my system. Like right. stop people pleasing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so tricky. Uh, you know, like to be in class to write. Uh, down some notes to be in competition with others you need to be the best but that's not the real life you mm-hmm. don't need to be the best you just right. need to not give up that's it right. and I love that right mm. you I mean because I, I know I've been a lot of shame by having bad grades yeah. like sometimes the teachers just come around the table and you know they class in order that they rank oh my yeah. god the yeah. sheets yeah. and then you are the <laughs> last one on earth what mm. how is it Yeah. How do you educate people? But now, it's just now that you realize it. You will not realize until something hits you hard. Mm-hmm. You will not realize it until really something happens to you. But it's it's not a way to like educate people, educate students, ch- children for just for yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's really that hard. Com- that competition yeah. thing is so key too. Because mm-hmm. I yeah, I feel like I it was a new learning for me coming into the entrepreneurial space where people talk about collaboration over competition and how like even if you are serving the same customers as like this other girl you guys can still be friends and you can still like support each other like there's enough room for everyone here and like I never understood that concept before because in school it's just like no I have to be better I have to beat this person like you know and yeah I feel like I still find it kind of, I don't know if that concept, I haven't like seen that concept so much in Vietnam. I feel like I try really hard to support other creators and I'm always like promoting other people and like yeah, putting out their super stuff. Supportive. And it doesn't feel like, not that I'm doing it to get something back, but I'm kind of just like, don't you guys get it? Like. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm doing this for both of our benefits. Yeah, that's so nice because I remember I didn't even know you, <laughs> and you were like sharing my first video with Milena Nguyen, and I was like, "Wow, she's so nice and supportive." I don't know her. I know she's doing podcasts and else, but that's it. And you were the first one that was not my close friend that gave me a, such a good feedback on my video, and I was so touched. And I told you that. Yeah. And I was like, "Wow, this is how we should." be mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. you know yeah so well, there's that saying like rising tide raises all ships or something yeah. like that it's like if we're all doing better like we all get mm. lifted up and like I truly the whole purpose of this podcast is to get other people mm. to be creative and do projects like mm. you're doing so yeah like and I always appreciate when I get feedback mm. too so it's it's just always like a give and take like of I'm course. always just looking for What can I give to other people? Mm. And I've, I don't know. I feel like I just haven't seen it so much in Vietnam, where I see more like people pushing out their stuff, promoting themselves, um, and not so much like I just wish I would see more of a mm. a community, a community collaboration. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's why you're here, Dana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, come on, guys. Hashtag. Yes. Creators support creators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so nice from you and really sincere. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So back to your channel. Yeah. So I hit the bottom several times during the, those two years. 
I got like fired from companies. I got like really some hard times. Uh, and I had to then to question myself a lot, but I didn't know I had to question myself because the situation was repeating. I was like, oh, it's because of him. He's a like asshole. Yeah. Uh, he's just a white guy, but he's not skillful. He's just here because he's white. It's unfair, always blaming on others. I was the pro. Like really, it was ridiculous. So I realized that, okay, if the situation is repeating, it's because me. of me, maybe, right. yeah. somehow. I'm always like, also, yeah. who's, who's the common denominator? Yeah, yeah. who's yeah. the me? All right, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so like, maybe it's me, you know? Yeah. Uh, why I'm always crying over others, yeah. <laughs> right? So I start to be like, wow. Like, it was so hard for me to realize that maybe I'm the problem. It's so hard to say that because you're like, wow. And then it touched a lot of areas of your life. Also, it's not only like professional. Everything it's, is fucked it's up. It touches yeah. everything. And then you <laughs> want to you fall down and you're like, what? I've been like this for the whole, whole life. For, for my whole life. Yeah. And then I was 25. Like, wow. <laughs> like, it's, you know, like, yeah. I feel like, oh my gosh. <laughs> So I started like to be vegetarian, to be, to be wanting to do good, um, <laughs> to do yoga, like, like meditation, you know, meditation. Yeah. Uh, for real, I was joining a group of meditation. I was like throwing myself there. You came to my workshop. I came to your workshop. That's why I was crying at the time or something. Yes. I don't remember, but I it met was... you that first time when I was like kind of awakening <laughs> yeah yeah i felt that like, you felt that you were I was going so through struggling. like huge shift and and like your hair was like messy <laughs> and your face is like so like lost <laughs> and pale and I, or you couldn't even like speak properly i'm like yep she's doing great she's doing great keep up the good work <laughs> oh my gosh i was so lost and so sad and i was like I'm the problem. <laughs> that's really actually powerful. You know, you know? Yeah. Like, realization. That's when you can change. Yes. Yeah, that's when the change happens. Yeah. Oh my God. So then I got to become, to get this entrepreneurial mindset. And I joined a incubation program where I speech in front of investors uh, of an idea of creating some swimsuits. Uh, oh. of all shapes for women living here in Vietnam because I noticed that there was a need in the market because you have only tiny sizes and you don't have like big sizes for like shaped women. So I wanted to answer to this need. But I was so slow in that project. Everyone was like, so when is your like first swimsuit or S? And I was like, yeah, going, going on. <laughs> Right, uh, but but I had a new circle of friends because of the incubator, and like my life was new. Like you know, mm, uh, I yeah. built everything uh, over, and I was so happy to meet like some open-minded people, like-minded people that were awakening also. Mm -hmm. But then I realized that it was not maybe my thing because I was so slow. I was always making excuses. I don't have the finances. How do I do the production? Because I need finances. And they want a certain amount of 
uh, items to be produced yes. to accept like mm-hmm. 100 RS, but I don't have. How do I do that? So I was always making excuses. And I hit again the bottom. <laughs> oh my God, something happened because I found another job. See, so I was doing my project, but then I found another So it's like the the evil trying to pull you back mm-hmm. on the 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 old world. Yeah. And so I was like still in the in-between. Uh, but something happened again. And I decided to quit. Because I was like, okay, it's enough. Okay, I need to stand up for myself. It's enough. So I quit this, that job. And it was really hard because I really hit the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. Like I really had nothing. And I love networking. I love go meet people. And since two years I'm here, I love attending events like this. I love to learn from people. And I had this thing in my head, like I would love to do videos, but it was like hidden. I was going to Vietnam and I was wanting to do videos, but I never did in two years. Even though I had a GoPro from my friends, I never used it. Like, I'm so ashamed to say that. But I had the ideas at one point, like to interview maybe some strangers in the street, uh, asking one question and see the different answers. I had something like this in mind, but I never take the step, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know, I just came to one conference as usual, and there was Milena Nguyen mm-hmm. giving conference. And I was like, okay, take your courage, go see her at the end, and ask her that you want to interview her. Weird, right? <laughs> I didn't have a business plan or like or something, yeah. you know? It was like, just do it. You have nothing, but do it. So you must do it. Mm-hmm. So you have no choice to do it. So she was speaking, she was so beautiful, like professional and as like, you know. And so I came at the end, I was like, okay, I'm creating this media platform where I interview entrepreneurs and as, uh, I would like to interview you, uh, would you be okay? And, and she was like, yeah, okay, tomorrow, text me tomorrow after tomorrow. And so I had nothing. I had to find something, equipment, camera, a place <laughs> in 24 hours. So that's when you hit the button that <laughs> you know that you need to do something yeah. because she is giving time to you and mm-hmm. you need to like offer something. You, you need yeah. to be accountable. It's not the time to be perfectionist. You yeah. just need to do yeah. it. You need to do it. Whatever do it takes. Do it like afraid. Do yeah. it even you have nothing. And I have no excuses. I had excuses for the swimsuit thing, but now I don't have excuses. Mm. I cannot. Even I have, <laughs> right? My excuses, my excuses would be I have no experience in hosting. I'm not an English native, so I have a French accent when I speak, um, which I love. Yeah, I love it. I love really? it. It's adorable. <laughs> really, it's so pleasant to really? listen to. Because as French people, we don't like our accent, you know. Well, but you're we, in Vietnam. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, most of people they say, "Oh, it's sexy, it's it cute." Is. Us, but I'm like, how come I don't hear sexy <laughs> at all? Like, <laughs> you know. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> but that's a good thing. Then you mm-hmm. don't. That's good that you don't like. You need to see other viewpoints yeah. also. And so I tried to like reach people that could help me. And I reached uh, Kelly that I met at your workshop mm-hmm. when I was so lost. <laughs> because she's <laughs> vlogging in Saigon. I was like, oh, maybe she has equipment. So shout out to Kelly if you're listening. <laughs> uh, because thank you so much. And she was so nice to me, even we were not friends. And she said, blah, blah, yes, uh, you can do that, 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 I can come help you. You know, it's like s- emotional support. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I felt so silly because I was like, oh, my uncle is like a cameraman. He was there in front of me. <laughs> like universe. He's a cameraman. He's a pro. He's filming. He's doing shoots, shootings. I'm like, everything is ready for you. Everything is ready. And I just text him. He was like, yeah, for sure, of course. Like, And the venue, I had it because my friend was uh, did a photo shoot before because she's an entrepreneur too. She had to do a photo shoot there. And she was like, okay, if you need to use the space, you can use it. But I was like, I would never use the space. For what? But then I used the space. Mm. After two weeks. After, yeah, two weeks or something. Yeah. So I was, I had everything. Just do in it. In a click. Yeah. Yeah. And I came for the interview and S and I didn't even... <laughs> I didn't even know how to host or as <laughs> Kelly was giving me advice. Okay, Sophie, <laughs> I'm so ashamed. <laughs> like, Sophie, you can introduce yourself. I didn't know. <laughs> I had to introduce myself just for you to know that I really started from scratch and I didn't even know what I wanted to do or what I was doing. I just needed to do something to go further, to go forward and to reach uh, who I really am. That's it. Right. And so she was giving me advice and I said, okay, you should say that or else. And I, w I didn't even know. I just wanted like to interview Milena to learn from her, like really naively, really naive. So, <laughs> and so I think you can see in my first video that I'm sometimes shaking my voice, sh shaking and I'm a bit red, rushing, <laughs> like not comfortable at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really not. I took two months to edit this fucking video <laughs> like two months I was so stressed because Milena was waiting I was still didn't edit it I was so ashamed because I was late also I had a lot of thinking and a lot of fears you have to face so much fears so much fear. I was freezing in front of my computer because I had to learn this software yeah what yep <laughs> what I didn't learn that at school yeah you know? right. and so how <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> like, what is cool for? <laughs> like, so YouTube. Oh, yeah. How to do that. How YouTube to, no, no. University. How, yeah. YouTube <laughs> University, you can learn everything by YouTube. Just don't yep. go to school, guys. Just yep. to maybe learn to read and to count. But then <laughs> you can do everything by yourself for real. I yep. didn't need all these five years of master degree as to... <laughs> start a YouTube channel I'm so sorry <laughs> no you don't need the degree you know you yep. just need experience you just need to to do what you love to dare that's it and yeah so I was freezing I was like oh it was terrible but then I did it and now I'm still learning I'm still in the process I, there's so much thing that's that I still don't know but I'm eager to learn and You just need to keep going and not giving up, I guess. That's it. Absolutely. And until, yeah, until you get noticed, until you feel fulfilled and that you really, like, find the inner child. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's the thing. So I'm making this channel because I also, it's also helping me first. Mm -hmm. Of course. So, yeah, it's first always for yourself that you do something. Yeah. And also to inspire people to just throw themselves out there and to just do it afraid, to inspire people to take this first step, this first move uh, to create their best life, their dream life. I know it sounds cliche or else, but 
that's the truth. Like we are, we all have a meaning in life. We are not here just to wake up, to go to a nine to five job and to go back home and to sleep and to do it again. You can do that. I mean, there's no problem if you're happy in your life. I think we have a meaning, you know, all. And you need to find your purpose. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I think that a lot of people are so comfortable in, in their life. I was that kind of girl, like going to a job and just going home, but not like really being who I am uh, because you have money or else, you know, but it's more than that actually. And I just want to encourage and like to, yeah, I don't know, to say to people that there's something else, there's something bigger and you can do whatever you want, whatever you want. It's just that you need to believe in yourself and try to really think by yourself, think by yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you don't learn that at school, so it's complicated to realize that. I took 26 years yeah, to realize that. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, mm. I think it's, I think we, you and I like align in so many ways because that's like the very same mission of this podcast as well. And, mm. and you and I have chatted about the mm. fears in the beginning. Mm. And yeah, I, I was definitely super awkward. And like Lon was my first interview too. Mm -mm. It was so awkward. And I was so awkward. And we recorded in June, I think. And mm. I didn't release until September or October. So it was yeah. months and Same. months. And you know, and yeah, I didn't I didn't learn how to edit in school, yeah. like edit audio. It was all YouTube and it took me forever. And there were even times where I like edited the whole episode and then accidentally like trashed the whole thing and had to do it over again. Like yeah, just little terrible. setbacks like yeah. that. And but I think like you're saying, the hardest part is just taking the first step. But then once you do it, it's done. Mm. And now you can like move on to the next thing. Yeah, and, right. And it gets easier and easier mm. every single time. Mm. Like now for me, you know, back then I used to stress like so much about the interview and be like so prepared and like write out every single mm -hmm. thing and just be like so nervous in the interview. And, and now it's more like easy flow and I and I just know like I just trust that the conversation will be good and yeah, it will flow because sure. now I've done it several mm. times and I can see like that's what happens mm. and yeah it's just like magical yeah. and I'm so glad that there are other people in Saigon like going for the same thing and and spreading this message mm. to the world and I just really hope the message gets to like local Vietnamese people too because I always feel bummed out that you know it's, it's just in English and I don't know mm. if I'm really impacting mm. the people that I like everyone that I want to impact so I just I hope too that local Vietnamese I, maybe they already are I don't know but if they started something like this too mm. yeah and I just want to add in a little bit that like when Sophie was saying like just just do it you know just throw yourself out there and do what you want and well I, I, I made this mistake in the past that I like you know like new year resolution you know that kind of stuff like, oh I want to lose weight I want to travel like to five different countries but it just always ended up like I mostly didn't do any of that and a few days ago I was watching this YouTube video of Mary Forleo mm -hmm. um, she was interviewing this uh, lady her name is Danielle Laporte 
and she is the author of this book. is called The Desire Map, and she said that uh, it's about setting goals, and um, it's not about the goals, but it's about you actually want to feel like what, like how do you want to feel when you、mm. achieve that goal? It's not about the goal, but it's about the feelings.、Mm. So you actually can like ask yourself like, what are the core desired feelings that you want to have? Like for me, it's joy. So every day I wake up and then I ask myself like, okay. Today I want to feel joy. So, what kind of actions do I need to make to generate that feeling?、Mm-hmm. And then that really guides me through the day and weeks and months and yearly plans. And it just like keeps me like you know within that path. It's it's really about the feelings. Like you do everything because you want to feel good. Yeah, you want to feel happy. Yeah, you want、all. to feel happy.、Yeah. Some people they want to feel connected.、Mm. They want to feel. Um, useful. They want to feel nurturing. They want to feel, you know, like it's different、mm. from people to people. So, it it might be like easier to approach that way, you know,、uh, compared to just like logically just thinking like, oh, I I have to do this, I have to do that, and it's not about what, but it's about why, like why, why, why you want to do that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that might help you to. To find the the answer easier, and it it can motivate you, you know, to to do that because you know, oh, if I do that, and I'll feel good. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think I to tie together kind of what you both are saying because you also mentioned how with your first guest, it was like, okay, like I I can't come up with excuses anymore because this is I'm she's giving me her time, so I think it's partly. There need you need to know the why of what you're doing, something that is beyond yourself, but also what is it doing for you. So there, it sounds like there needs to kind of be that balance of、yeah. like what's in it for me, how am I finding value from this, and then how is this going beyond myself.、Yeah. And I think maybe it won't work with just one or the other because yeah, for me in the beginning, I think I was like. Okay, what is this podcast doing for other people? Like, just focusing so much on helping others, but I think that'll only fuel, like, motivate you so far because this podcast is a lot of work. <laughs> I spend like hours of work on this, and then it starts to be like, oh, oh my gosh, what am I even doing this for? You know, so there has to be something for you inside as well,、yeah. and like vice versa. Sure. Yeah. Do what、mm-hmm. makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And then something else that I had written down while you were talking, how you said that you, all of a sudden, like everything was right there, what you needed, like you had、right. everything in a click,、yeah. and it was just interesting. I don't even know like where I'm going with this, but it tied back to when you said for your mom, she lost everything in a click. So she lost her house, her car, like everything, and it just—I don't know. It's I guess just seeing that sort of full circle、mm. story where it's like you can lose everything, but you can also like gain, gain everything, everything so also, quickly. And I feel like that's、sense. just the universe is yeah. like, you know. Yeah, I think the universe is rewarding you as soon as you awaken. Anyway, you know.、Mm-hmm. So. It's there. Everything is there for you. You just need to realize that 
uh, you just need to do something that you love. You just need to realize, uh, to be self-aware and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to mm-hmm. realize your mm-hmm. truth mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. live by that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my definition of awakening is about seeing the reality that that has been mm. in front of you but somehow you were like blind mm. and you could not see it mm. and but now you see it it's just your your perspective shifted it's not about the environment but what is inside has shifted and now you see that everything you need is right there in front of you and you just need to reach out your 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 hands and is already there yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's yeah. magic yeah. <laughs> it is it is and taking ownership like you yeah. said too it's just like okay now i realize i'm the problem what right. am i gonna do about it yeah Take actually action. that's really liberating that yeah. you realize that you have the power to choose that is really important like for me these days as well i realize that i have the power to choose so i shifted from feeling helpless to feeling powerful and suddenly what whatever like was stuck in the past now there's so many like solutions and it's up to me whether i want to do it like this way or that way so again it's magic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's all a matter of choices we all have the choice to feeling good or feeling bad right but and you just need yeah. to fight the evil in you yes. and you need to make good choices but mm-hmm. it's really hard you know it is yeah it's so hard like you have you need to make mistakes mm. you know to to know what is good and what is not mm. yeah and the moment that you forget that you have the power to choose that's when you fall into this victimized mentality yeah exactly right? mm-hmm. mm. we are mastering our own life yeah and we are not aware of that so right. that's why we're gonna be like all blaming others feeling yeah. you know shit yeah. but actually you can decide to be happy right you can decide to do that yeah. you are controlling your body right yes mm-hmm. but you know it takes time it takes you time you need to hit the bottom to mm. know that yeah no one can avoid that yeah, yeah. yeah. no way around it yeah mm. you all get checkmated <laughs> <laughs> okay um i want to shift a little bit because i yep i'm famous for going like way over time leading women so i think i pro- is that like the first time we met i can't even remember i first saw you in uh speaking night yeah. you were talking about your podcast that okay. you were launching your podcast oh wow yes so that's the first time i saw you but you were talking about i don't remember the topic mm. But I just remember that you uh, were talking about the podcast at the end or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the first time I saw you. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if anyone listening doesn't know Leading Women, I'll, I'll let you explain. Yeah. Since you're, so you, Leading Women, actually, the founder is Kat, Kat, yeah. Katriona. She was living in Ho Chi Minh, but now she left. And she is so, I don't know, inspiring because she, like, build this safe place for women to have a voice basically so it's like every last sunday of the month and we gather all women in a topic and we give them a voice a safe place to speak about their personal stories so they share the stories about 
any topic like can be the sexuality, can be about empowering women or else, and it's really, really can be really moving <laughs> sometimes, and really inspiring to hear the stories. That it's like a message to say that you are not alone, mm-hmm. because maybe you won't dare to speak for yourself, but when you hear a story, you're like, oh, that's me, you know, and that's the power of this. Uh, speaking night because even you don't dare to share or else you can relate to a story and then you know that you are not alone and we are all facing the same issues or else and yeah so that's a really and that's a was, really safe place it was so powerful mm. what happened in the last one in the mm. sexuality Sexual, one yeah again um, yeah yeah like this mm. the psychologist started talking about sexual trauma mm. and like kind of what that can look like in your adult behaviors Mm. and a girl in the audience realized that she had experienced sexual trauma because that because she showed up tonight and because that therapist was talking about it and then the girl was like oh my gosh me like that happened to me and she knew like she remembered the memory but she didn't realize why in her adult life like she was feeling all this baggage and like she wasn't having sex with her husband for Mm. six months and she didn't know why because she loved him so much and then like by showing up to this event it was like all the pieces came together and she was like oh my god and it was so moving because she she wasn't one of the speakers like she wasn't not Mm. planning to speak but after that she she was like guys I just really feel like I have to tell you all this and I've never told anyone this before and she just stood up and was like crying and shaking and said it and she's like oh my god I feel so liberated I can't believe I was carrying that around for so long and then I just said it out loud and now it's just like such a huge weight yeah off my shoulders and to be there and to witness that like that transformative life-changing moment Mm. for someone was like Mm. holy shit like this is the power of gathering a bunch of women in a room yeah, and, and men are also welcome too like there, yeah, were, there were men there uh and it's encouraged like they should come and experience this as yeah. well i think yeah we want to encourage men to come also to have uh to know how women think and you know mm-hmm. to know more about their sensibility and as so yeah we would encourage more so vietnamese to come also yeah mm-hmm. 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 we want more vietnamese and yeah, so we are now uh, with a bunch of girls. We are taking care of, of this support group, which is leading women because mm-hmm. Kat left now. Right. So that's a, a, an honor for us to do that, mm-hmm. for her to keep going in, to just give a, a space, a safe place for women to speak and to not be afraid of speaking their truth. Mm-hmm. Mm. And what is your role in the group? Like, do each of you girls have a different role? Yeah, we we just have uh, one graphic designer, so she's more into graphic, but the other girl, we are just like, we are not much like five, six, so we don't have a certain role except for the graphic designer, mm-hmm. but we just like uh, organize it, come up with a topic and responding to message. If one girl see the, the message, then she responds to it. Mm-hmm. So it's really chill. Like it's not like, that, 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 that. Yeah. you do that, you do that, you do that. Who yeah. wants to host, host? Who want to be at the door is at the door you know it's really chilled okay Mm-mm. yeah everyone like please come to leading women it's been <laughs> yeah so really. amazing and so has this podcast so i do want to wrap it up 
here. I'm so glad that we had this conversation. It was so much fun. And yeah. and I, I definitely learned a lot about the experience of being, you know, Vietnamese overseas and then coming back here and what kinds of you know, impacts that ha can have on your mindset and your confidence, but also what you've learned through all these experiences. And it's so cool to just like, I just feel your energy so much and how like passionate you get with mm -hmm. talking about how people should be like, you know, going after their dreams and pushing outside their comfort zone and taking control of their life. So I really want to encourage people to check out her YouTube channel, The Tam Show. Tam Show, yeah. I completely forgot to say the name. Yeah. But <laughs> Tam Show is for my Vietnamese name. My Vietnamese name is Tan Tam. But like everyone is calling me like, if they are Vietnamese, Tam Oi, Tam Oi, right? Mm, so yeah. Tam and Show. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. Just for the explanation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And then for the listeners, uh, so if you like what you've been hearing on this podcast, I want to encourage you to please share it please share it on your social media send the link to your friends who would really need to hear this message and you know i'm not just saying that to feel better about myself or like get you know get more downloads or something but it i really do want more people to hear these inspiring stories and like the guests that we all have on here truly are doing such amazing things so i just want these stories to be heard and It only does so much if I'm the only one like posting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to encourage that sort of like supportive creator community in Saigon. And I really just feel so hopeful about the future of Saigon. Like I think there's definitely a big shift happening yes. and lots of people doing cool stuff out it here. It is. Like if you haven't checked it out, check that Corona song. Yeah. Like in Vietnam. <laughs> It's so cool. Like, I'm so proud of Vietnamese. Oh, oh Vietnamese Yes. <laughs> yeah, they made a song about like washing your hands, but it's like a club banger. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's good. The beat really? is the beat good. Is good. You, like, you okay. like get it stuck in your head. Yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna wash my hands. <laughs> Corona. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think, oh, this is so off topic, but I, I do think that Corona is like kind of for as bad as it is, it also has spurred so much creativity mm -hmm. because people are so bored now yep. that people yes. are like actually using their brains and like yeah, getting now creative because they're forced to. They're forced yes. to go within. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They have so much time on yeah, their hands. Yeah, they have so I've much seen, time. I've seen teachers starting to like make songs on YouTube and yeah, singing that's and amazing. like I think this is like really divine timing yeah. like this has to happen this for humans to evolve right yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's so, so nice I'm, yeah I know it's kind of weird to say it but I'm kind of happy this yeah. is what's happening right now yeah it's good they're all questioning I have a friend she was like can you help me making video YouTube videos I was like wow like you know like they want to do something and they realize that there's something yeah. else that It also like forces people to be more conscious about their food and like about their hygiene, about their lifestyle. Like mm -hmm. they have to really take a good look at it, everything now in their life. Mm -hmm. So wow. Yeah. Thanks, Corona. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Corona. This is the nature wake up. Yes. Nature. Yeah. nature. More than nature, nature is calling us, yep. guys. Uh -huh. Yeah. So get For on it. it. Yeah. Get out there, <laughs> do something creative, and dance with the yeah. Corona song. Dance, <laughs> put Make on this videos. song on your bike. 
All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.